0: And on this week's show, we focus on one of the greatest African players ever, Nigeria's Nwankwo Kanu, who played for five seasons at Arsenal and was twice named African Footballer of the Year. Kanu has some advice for youngsters.
1: Football is difficult. Football is easy. If you want it to be difficult, it's going to be difficult. If you want it to be easy, it's going to be easy.
0: Also, we talk about Sofiane Buffal, who's making his mark at Southampton in the English Premier League. And we speak to Jordan Botaka, a DR Congo international striker who plays in Belgium with San Trudens. Botaka still believes that the DRC can qualify for next year's World Cup.
2: You know, we're playing for the World Cup in Russia now. It's going to be very tough to, to get qualified. But the qualities we have, I think we could, it could be a surprise.
0: That's coming up later but uh, let's start at the FIFA Under-17 World Cup where there won't be an African winner this time around as Mali lost their semi-final 3-1 to Spain. Mali were runners-up to Nigeria in the previous edition in 2015 but couldn't reach the final this time. They did have a genuine goal disallowed with replays showing the ball had crossed the line in that semi-final but uh, losing by a two-goal margin, no excuses really for Mali. Lasan and Jai got the late consolation for them. That was his fifth goal of the tournament for the African champions and Lasan and Jai certainly impressing for Mali. Africa the most successful continent ever in the history of the FIFA Under-17 World Cup, but it won't be a triumph for the continent this time, and Spain will play England in the final this weekend. Also this weekend, the first leg of the final of the CAF Champions League is on, with eight-time champions Al-Athli of Egypt hosting Widad Casablanca of Morocco in Alexandria. Al-Athli went through to the final in style, beating Etoile du Sahel 6-2 in the second leg of their semi-final for a 7-4 aggregate win. Widad Casablanca, the 1992 champions, beat USM Alger of Algeria 3-1 to go through to the final on the same scoreline on aggregate. Well, Solomon, you have to say that uh, you'd have to fear Al Atli after that big semi-final win. And so it has shown that they're really prolific and and they are also a team that
3: never go for three years without getting into the final of the you know champions league. Uh, we are beginning to see a new era of al hali the way that they play. Uh, defensively very tight just like a lot of other egyptian teams but we we're seeing them scoring goals we're seeing them you know really contesting and and really going out there to score goals on the other side why that casablanca has uh, been in the final twice before uh, winning one and losing one but now they're back in the final for the third time it's always great to see you know rivalry between these two nations but why that has proved that they have a lot of consistency they have a lot of depth and this is a great representation of uh, of african football you know uh, clubs with great tradition in africa making it to the final we're gonna see i feel we're gonna see quite a lot of goals we're gonna see a lot of passion we're gonna see a rivalry that is you know really one of the best in africa between
0: two great nations and and two great clubs Yeah, should be a great final and on WhatsApp and on Facebook this week, asking for your predictions as to who you think will win the CAF Champions League this year. I'll give you the contact details a bit later here on Planet Sport Football Africa. But now to our interview with a true legend of African football, Nigeria's Mwankwo Kanu, who played for five seasons for Arsenal in England, and also had a long spell with Portsmouth, and featured for West Brom in England and Ajax in the Netherlands. Kanu famously won Olympic gold with Nigeria in 1996, the first time that Africa won the Olympic football competition. He won the English FA Cup three times, twice with Arsenal and once with Portsmouth. And Kanu is an ambassador for the Emirates FA Cup, and he was here in Zimbabwe with the trophy a couple of weeks ago. Well, Kanu spent some time speaking to the media and was first asked if he felt that he opened doors for other Africans in Europe. I would
1: say yes. Uh, Why? Because um, when you go out there and then you do well, First of all, you represent the continent called Africa, then the country where you're coming from, and the community, and then your family. So for me, I believe I've done great, and that's why today I will be called to come and uh, be the ambassador of this or ambassador of that. Uh, If I didn't do well, I believe by now, Arsenal will not have the kind of fan base they do have in Africa. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thank you very much. <laughs> if you look at this in the room now, Arsenal fans that are here, please, I want to hear your voice. Yeah. Uh,
3: what advice can you give to, to the African youths who want to be uh, football players? What advice can you give to them?
1: Football is difficult. Football is easy. If you want it to be difficult, it's going to be difficult. If you want it to be easy, it's going to be easy. And to be easy is listening to your coaches, doing the writing, um, focus, concentrate, make sure that um, you don't have bad friends, bad influence. Because in life, whatever you give in is what you get out. So if you sacrifice for it, definitely you will get it. But it doesn't come from heaven. You have to work hard for it for it to come. So that's what I always tell the young ones who are coming up. You have to make sure that you put your heads down. If you get down, That doesn't mean that you're not good. It means that you have to jump up and do better than what you have done before.
0: So great advice uh, there from Mwankwo Kanu. Uh, There, he was speaking to reporters here in Harare. And after that, my colleague Spencer Banda, had a chance to talk to Kanu one-on-one and first asked about that Olympic gold medal in 1996. It's a great
1: achievement, uh, knowing that Olympics is meant for the whole world and uh, the whole sports. So and being the African country, the first African country to win an Olympic medal means a lot. And then being the first captain in the history of Africa to win the Olympic medal, it means a lot. Then being the first country to beat three, Mexico, Brazil and Argentina... <laughs> So if I calculate all these put together, you have to be a happy person. And, uh, you know, one of my colleagues at work asked me to ask you about um, a hat-trick you scored against uh, Chelsea at Arsenal. Uh, it was phenomenal. Yeah, if you look at the team of Chelsea then, they haven't lost the game in uh, uh, at home. But um, we came there knowing that we can do something but not to win them because of their record. But uh, when the game started, they scored two. And then suddenly, 15 minutes to end, can have to come from nowhere. Score the first one, second one, and the third one was one of the best goals in uh, English history in football. So I'm very, very proud of that.
0: Yes, and that stunning hat-trick from Kanu came in October of 1999 against Chelsea. Turning around the game, they were 2-0 down, only to win 3-2. That same year, 1999, Kanu was named African Footballer of the Year for the second time. Sir Solomon, Kanu saying earlier there that uh, he does feel that he's one of the main reasons that there are so many Arsenal fans around Africa. I believe what Kanu Nwanko said is definitely true. Kanu you know, went to
3: Arsenal in t- in 1999. He played some of his best football there. He was one of the new generation of pra- players who came into Arsenal uh, when Arsenal really started performing well with Arsene Wenger joining them. Uh, but at the same time, we're looking at, you know, some of the first generation of African players to really go out uh, in in England and, and really make it. And Kanu was definitely one of the best ambassadors. He really represented Africa with Arsenal and he made Arsenal very acceptable not just in Nigeria but across the world and and he also played for the Super Eagles uh, and then Super Eagles played so well also at the Olympic games and Africa Cup of Nations so that really helped
0: his uh, reputation and credibility at Arsenal yes what a star he was and Akanu really represented African football at its best uh, didn't he
3: yes he represented African football uh, at its best uh, you know he he showed what an African football player is! I think he is one of the first and, and one of the the few African players to show the world what an African football player is. You know, from his skill uh, to his passion. You know, in his goal celebration, he he has shown the dedication. And oh, we almost also remember that before he joined Arsenal, he had a heart heart condition and and he had to have a heart surgery and he has shown how you can come back from a from a setback you can come back from a, from any situation and, and really come back strong and and be who you want to be and achieve what you you have dreamed to achieve in your career so he's definitely really represented african football well he's a great ambassador he's not the kind of player that gets the red cards or root on the football pitch. He's not the kind of player that, uh, you know, uh, was out partying and in trouble and in the pages of newspaper. No, he was a great ambassador. That, no wonder today he's trying to build a hospital uh, for uh, children uh, with heart condition in Nigeria. He's it, shown how much an ambassador he is. And, and, uh, and he's not just a player that represented Africa on the football pitch, but even outside of the football pitch. He was such a great ambassador.
0: Yes, uh, how Kanu faced being diagnosed with a heart condition in 1996 and overcoming it uh, was truly inspirational. Well, thanks for that, Solomon. Uh, Last week on social media, we asked for your comments on how great a player Kanu was. Lots of opinions and great memories here. On what's up? We start appropriately enough with Ishmael Saidu Kanu in Sierra Leone. He was my favourite player for the fact that we have the same surname, says Ishmael. I could best remember him in 2008 when his team Portsmouth won the FA Cup against Aaron Ramsey's Cardiff City. He made me proud as an African, says Ishmael. Uh, yes, indeed, it was Sir Kanu who scored the winning goal for Portsmouth in that famous 1-0 FA Cup victory. To the Gambia, and Abdullah says, I can fully remember Kanu's playing days at Arsenal. He was a brilliant striker. Uh, that certainly is true, Abdullah. Kanu made 178 appearances for the Gunners over five years between 1999 and 2004, scoring 37 goals. John in Ghana remembers Kanu's influence at international level. I think he's the best player the Nigeria national team has ever had, says John. Captaining them for 16 years is something I don't think anyone else can ever do. It's rather unfortunate that he wasn't able to win the world's best, uh, i.e. the World Cup, but all in all, he is the best. Thanks for that, John. And in his international career, Kanu played for Nigeria 86 times, scoring 12 goals. Aliou Conte in the Gambia remembers Kanu's impact at the Olympics. I remember Kanu in the 1996 Olympic victory, says Aliou. Throughout his career, he was wonderful, giving accurate passes, and at club level, he was fantastic. Absolutely, and who can forget those two goals Kanu scored in that 4-3 semi-final win against Brazil at the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, and with that late, late comeback helping them on their way to that famous gold medal. Ebrema Cham also has memories of that Olympic semi-final win in 1996. I remember a famous quote from a man in our home village in the Gambia, says Ebrema. And I quote, Nwanko Kanu shows Brazil how to do it. <laughs> that was his dazzling display against the world-beaters Brazil in the 1996 Olympics. Kanu makes me feel so much passion for football right up to now, says Ebrima. Kanu was great, if not the greatest footballer Africa has ever seen. Mohamed I Kinte in the Gambia also has special memories. Well, what a nice question on one of my favourite African players of all time, says Mohammed. Yes, indeed, Kanu is such a great player who did a lot in his footballing career, says Mohammed. His achievement with Nigeria at the Olympics will forever be in our memories, being the first African country to win gold in the football tournament. He also helped Ajax Amsterdam to victory in the Champions League. He was with Arsenal's Invincibles which went throughout the season without a defeat. So overall, he's a great player who people should cherish, says Mohammed. That's right, Canu won his Champions League winner's medal with Ajax in 1995, coming on as a substitute in the win over AC Milan. And in the Arsenal invincible season, when they went through the whole season undefeated, that was in 2003 to 2004. And interestingly, Kanu's influence extends even to younger fans who never got to see him play, like Samson Makawa in Malawi. Unfortunately, I was young when he was playing, says Samson, and I didn't watch a single game when he was playing for Arsenal. But people usually talk of his brilliance in football history, says Samson. Mwinga Maimbolwe in Zambia says Kanu was a marvel. He played with heart each time he turned up for club or country. He was a menace to opposing teams, a complete player who could do almost anything with the ball. He's definitely one of my top ten Africans to have ever played in the Premier League, says Mwenga. Well, no doubt about that, I'd say. Uh, Mamadou Ba in the Gambia remembers Kanu for being a great role model. Canu was just a joy to watch with great charisma, says Mamadou. He's a player who all youngsters should look up to. My only regret is not seeing him play for Manchester United. And certainly Canu's excellent disciplinary record while he was at Arsenal of just six yellow cards and no red cards in 178 appearances is a good example of his credentials as a role model. And finally, Cherno Jallo in the Gambia sees more to the great striker than simply his influence on the pitch. He's a special man with a big heart, says Cherno. His talents on the pitch were exceptional, but what for me makes him a special gem is his off the pitch activities, a man who loves to help the poor and needy. And Cherno is referring there to the Nwankwo Kanu Heart Foundation, which he set up to help people across Africa suffering from heart conditions. Well, thanks for all of those comments. Hope you enjoyed rolling back the years there, reminiscing on the great Nwankwo canoe. Well, this week on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking who do you think will win the CAF Champions League final? The first leg on this weekend, eight-time winners Al-Athli of Egypt, playing 1992 victors Widad Casablanca of Morocco over two legs. Who do you think will take it? Uh, go onto our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Who do you think will win the CAF Champions League final? Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programmes too in our archive. Also, you can listen to the show on our website, football africa.com and our Twitter handle is at Planet Sport FA. Well, still to come, we catch up on the action in the English Premier League as managers continue to be fired. But next we talk to Jordan Botaka, a DR Congo international striker who plays in Belgium with San Trudence and has also played in Portugal, the Netherlands and in England with Charlton and Leeds. Well, The DRC are second in their group in qualifying for the 2018 World Cup with their chances looking rather slim. They're three points behind Tunisia with one game to play so the DRC must win their last match at home to Guinea and hope that Tunisia lose at home to Libya. Bataka spoke to Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint about his football and his faith and first asked how the experience was playing in England.
2: I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Once you set your foot in the first team in England, then you need to know that you're not treated as a kid anymore, but like a man, you know. So, yeah, you have to adapt quick. Uh, you have to learn quick. You, you can't miss anything, you know. And, yeah, I've, I've, I've learned so many things since I've been in England. In England, it's not like in Belgium or in Holland where people still can have a little bit of compassion with you. There it it's, you is. You're ready or you're not. Know, there are so many players who want to play in England. There are so many players in the squad. So yeah, you know, you, every day you're fighting for a place in, in starting eleven or even in the in the in the squad for the game. So yeah, it's tough. It's
3: very tough. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it really helped me a lot. At national
0: level, I know you started out with the Netherlands when you were younger. And then you decided to switch to DR Congo. Just talk us through that decision. What made that decision for you?
2: Well, when I was younger, I I used to play for the national team of of Holland uh, for the youth. Yeah, it was a big thing for me. You know, I grew up in Holland. I really wanted to play for them, you know. It was a big thing. It was a very big thing. But then I got a little bit older and uh, I received uh, a call-up from the national team of Congo. And yeah, then then it, it was up to me to make a choice. Am I going? Am I going to, to play for Congo, or or am I going to wait until I get called up with the first team of Holland? You know, and um, when I have to take those kind of decisions, I I get my advice from the Lord. Um, I, I don't like making the wrong decisions, so I would ask the Lord to help me in, in my decisions. Um, I put God first in everything and the Lord spoke to me and, and uh, that's what I can say about it, the Lord spoke to me and I made my decision so it wasn't a hard decision for me to make you know, so yeah, it's, it's something good because you know, it's, it's my country, I can play for my country, I can represent my country the the, the country where, where, where my parents came from, where I came from, yeah, it's my motherland uh, I'm proud, I'm very proud and I know the Lord sent me there for a mission, so, yeah, I'm happy.
3: And you must be really proud to be part of such a talented group of
0: players. How far off do you think you guys are to being able to compete and go quite far in a World Cup, in a major World Tournament?
2: Well, it's difficult to say. Being in a World Cup is something everyone dreams of, you know, and when when you're there, it doesn't it doesn't matter which country you are anymore because you will play with your heart, you know you and and, and someone a team that plays with, with with its heart is always a dangerous team. So you you don't know you don't see. I think it's very. We really could do something very, very, very good there on the bottom of the cup before we have qualified. But, um, yeah, we'll have to see. It's it's
0: very difficult to say. And off the pitch, you're very open about your faith in Jesus. Just tell us, why is that so important to you? Well,
2: I think that that's who I am. Uh, I always say that uh, I I, am a Christian before I'm a footballer. And if I'm a pro today, if I'm known in Europe or in Africa or in England or in the world, it's 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 a platform for me. It's a platform where the Lord put in me so I could um, talk about my faith, talk about um, the right way, you know, to live and then the the will of God, you know, about Jesus Christ, about the good news. So yeah, I'm not ashamed of, of being a Christian, of telling people about. I'm very open to it because I think that's the main thing the most important thing like I said in the beginning I'm happy I'm joyful I I learned a lot over the years because I learned that my joy doesn't come from football my joy comes from
0: That is DR Congo international striker Jordan Botaka. He plays in Belgium with San Trudense, and he was speaking about his football and his faith to Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint. Well, now let's focus on the English Premier League and go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. Well, Stuart, on Monday, Ronald Koeman became the third managerial casualty of the season in England when he was sacked by Everton, and we're still only in October.
4: Yes, it's always a bit surprising when someone is fired from their job after only nine league games. But Ronald Koeman last year took Everton to seventh place into the Europa League, and the target this year was to get into the Champions League, top four finish. But so far, Everton have only won two of nine league games. They're actually in the bottom three at the moment. They've played three games in the Europa League and lost two and drawn one. So it's been a desperate start for Kuman. I think he would say that uh, he's brought in some new players. He would probably feel he's needing more time to get the team playing. But to see a team of Everton's ability conceding five goals in a Premier League game is clearly embarrassing for
0: the owners and they felt that Cummins' time was up. Well, understandable. But uh, firing a manager in the English Premier League Stuart, uh, can bring instant results.
4: Well, Leicester City fired Craig Shakespeare last week and appointed Michael Appleton as their temporary manager. And Leicester won the first game under new management at Swansea City, with the Algerian Riad Mahrez having an outstanding game, creating both Leicester goals. And there's a certain irony there, because I think now perhaps Claudio Ranieri and Craig Shakespeare might think if Mahrez had played for them the way he played against Swansea, they might still be in their job. And in fact, the game which eventually got Craig Shakespeare fired, Maris had two great chances. He scored one of them and blazed the other one over the bar. If he had scored that, Leicester would have won that game against West Brom. And who knows, Shakespeare might still be there. But anyway, it's good to see uh, a good performance by Maris, who is an outstanding player, but who struggled a bit for form. Now, Everton's game against Arsenal, where they lost 5-2 at home, led to the dismissal of Ronald Koeman. And it was a mixed afternoon for Everton's two Senegalese players. Omar Niasi came on as a sub and scored, as he did the last time he came on as a sub, while Edrissa Gay, already on a yellow card, made a silly tackle on Granachaka and... Second yellow card, red card, and Everton are left to play out the game with only 10 players. The goal of the day came from a Moroccan, Sofiane Buffal, as Southampton beat West Brom 1-0. He ran with the ball 70 metres, beating five players, I would say, on the run. He'd only just come onto the pitch because he came on to the sub after 80 minutes and scored five minutes later. And interestingly, when he scored the goal, he ran across to the Southampton bench and appeared to say to his manager, you should have had me in from the start. Not sure how wise uh, that is. I have to admit that I didn't know a lot about Boutvald. But he was born in Paris, opted to play for Morocco. This is his second season at Southampton after five years in France. But he's actually struggled to get into the Southampton team and has had more games off the bench than starting. But he has scored three goals and they've all been amazingly good goals. You know, he, he doesn't do tap-ins. He runs from his own half or he blasts the ball in from 30 metres. So let's see uh, what happens now. Will Will he get more playing time, I wonder? You remember the days when the centre forward used to be number nine and he was the one who scored most of the goals? Well, on the weekend, the only number nine to score was Lacazette of Arsenal, whereas there were unbelievably six goals scored by number 19. That includes Buffal for Southampton, Rashford for Manchester United, Niasse from Everton, Stanislas from Bournemouth, Sane at Manchester City, and Ecuerdo for Brighton. So perhaps number 19 is the new striker's number.
0: <laughs> well, that is amazing. Well, just finally, before we go, Africans on target in the English Football League Cup in fourth-round games. Uh, Leicester beating Leeds 3-1 with three Africans scoring, Kelechi Nacho, Islam Slimani and Riyad Mahrez. And Andre Ayew, the Ghanaian, scoring twice for West Ham as they knocked out Tottenham with a 3-2 away win. And we must say a big well done to Togo's Francis Kone, a winner of the Fair Play Award at the FIFA Awards on Monday. He was honoured after he prevented opponent Martin Berkovich from swallowing his tongue during a league game in the Czech Republic earlier this year. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Oshoms in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.